All right, you were you were saying it was too good. I was like, we have to re- we have to record. Okay, it. fine. All right, again, mid sentence starting. I know. I love. I, I love well, our- I just don't want to go in and have to edit out. I hate editing, so it's like I'm like I don't want to start until we're ready to start. But right. Uh, anyway. Okay. Good. Um. Context for the people that weren't um. <laughs> oh, you and I were, we're just telepathically talking. tuning in. Telepathically tuning into what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we were both talking about the various weight that we yeah. felt waking up. Yes. I, I, Chris said, "How you doing?" And I said, "Um, I woke up this morning with an enormous amount of threat, fear of the you know fear of my business, and a whole lot of imposter syndrome, like an enormous imposter syndrome that I have not." experience like that in a long time like why the hell would anyone listen to me what the hell do i have to offer look at my life and all that was there was just the weight of everything that's not working and um and then i asked chris how you doing (laughs) yeah and i said i said i woke up on monday i've been um launching multiple communities with um, partners um which is super exciting and i noticed on monday that um the feeling was an excitement. It was weight. It was like a, a, a piling up of to do's that I have to do, like build some websites, make some podcasts. There's stuff to do. And I'm like, and that's not my favorite thing to do. And I just, I noticed it was stealing my joy. Right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't be with the excitement of what was ha- transpiring. Cause I just was too <clears throat> under the, under the, so like, for example, I had a, a hamper of clothes that were clean in my closet for like a week. Like just, I just would look at it and I'd be like, I'm not doing that. And I didn't notice it. I mean, it's it just because they're like, eh, whatever. But I, in this side of it, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is what I do. I start to like not take care of things around because I'm just trying to survive the weight of whatever it is, you know? And, and I, and so yeah. I had to do a shift and a reframe on that. But. Good. Well, I mean, that shift in the reframe. So before we get to the shift in the reframe, let's, I think we want to take some time and lean into the weight. Um, yeah, yeah. which is, which is when Chris pressed record. Okay. So that's what you caught. That's what you, <laughs> okay, so you caught up. Yeah. Okay. Now you're caught up. Um, because that, first of all, I don't think that that weight that I feel about fraud and imposter syndrome or the yeah. weight you feel about all there is to do and handle, uh, either of those are unique to us. And I certainly have had your, that weight that you described. Yep. I've had yours. Yeah. Plenty of time. And I think it's, um, uh, you know, frankly, I think it's inherent in leadership. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are leaders mm-hmm. that don't have those two experiences. I- I'm completely making that up. I have no scientific basis for this. I don't have any other than having, you know, trained 10,000 people and knowing <laughs> that human beings a operate size. a particular way, but you know, but it's, I haven't interviewed leaders particularly uh, specifically about this question. Um, but I do, I am really confident mm-hmm. that it is a human phenomenon, mm-hmm. you know, that our dogs don't experience imposter syndrome, um, nor do they, I cannot, do not see my cats suffering under the weight of all they have to do and handle, right? right? right. They're not yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, another bird to kill. Um, right. Uh, so I'm, I'm, but that fundamental difference, right. Mm -hmm. And the difference between me and you and our dogs is language is the, what 
you know, is the fact that we exist in language, that they're in reality. Mm. Mm. There is nothing for you to do other than what you said you would do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's period Uh, full, full stop. Right. There's no fraud over here other than my saying. Yep. Why would they listen to me? Look at this stuff over here and like that. So my assertion before you hit record was the experience of the weight is a function of the future that we think what we're saying about it now gives us. Mm-hmm. In other words, the threat of the future, because the future hasn't happened. Yeah. yeah. There is no future happening now. There's only now happening now. Yeah. Now, 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 now. And so anything that I'm experiencing as a threat from the future has to be something I'm adding to the future, has to be, mm. has to be. Just mm-hmm. there's nothing there except for what I'm saying is there. Right. You know, and I could easily say other things are there, but I got to get at least allow myself to get present to what I mm. by default said was there. Mm. So we wanted to lean into, um, you know, I, I think it's worth, riffing on the phenomenon of leadership and Mm. the opportunity it is because you said it like um casually like it's not a big deal i just had to reframe that oh uh you just said it like just what you do and it's just you know and it's what i do you know um, i'm actually told my i told my wife already today that i'm going to tap with her on this Uh uh-huh you know as an opportunity to release. What do you that. call it? EFT? What's that called? EFT. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll be posting that separately. Actually, literally I'm going to do it, record it and post nice. it. Cause I, I really do think it's um, a value to yeah. uh, have people deal with. It's fundamental to what it is. It's not, doesn't make, it's not a problem. It's not real. It's not true mm. that, I'm a fraud and it's not true. You have too much to do. It's just part of what it is to be human. Part of what it is to take on the cloak of leadership is that we've got, you and I have some place we're committed to going. Yeah. Some future we're committed to creating. And what we see in the future is really <laughs> inconsistent with what we're committed to creating. And it occurs mm-hmm. a particular way. And yeah, when yeah. you said reframing it, you meant you actually had it shifted the way it occurred for you. So right. talk about that. Talk about that. Re- di- pull that apart. The reframe? Yeah, what you did there. Because I think, don't you think that would be useful for people? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's useful for, for me. Like, yeah. I, I, I think, um, and it, it, it's, for me, it's entirely context switching. Like, it, to your point, like, the context that um, uh, I have a, a lot to do and I don't have a team to do it and I'm going to have to um, – uh, suck it up and, and do some stuff. And if I don't, the fu- the threat in my future is it won't get done and, and things are going to fall apart and I won't be trustworthy. And there's a lot of things that are to your point, the threat in the future, that's what's there for me about that. And the, when I get to that, so that's one context. Another context is all there is, is now, right. That, that the belief is, or the, the story you would have to tell yourself is, all there is is now. There is no other time than now. Yeah. And then now, and then now, like you said a minute ago. And the future is a is a is a construct, is a creation. So so if that's true, 
this, this, I'm just trying to walk you through how, what I do, the gymnastics I do in my head, right? If that's true, that all there is, is now, how would I want to experience now? What I want to experience now with a weight or what I want to experience now, like it was fun. And, um, one of the images I go to for that is when I think about, um, this lived experience as life school, I think Gary Zukoff calls it life school, um, uh, I've often shifted that to like an 80 to a hundred year summer camp. Like you're, if you're a soul and a spirit, you, you incarnated in this, in this wonderful 3d place we get to live. And it is like summer camp for 80 years, hundred years. And, and there is no weight in summer camp. There's food at the mess hall. There's like slides and swings and dogs, you know, there's, and you can sit there in summer camp and be like, God, I have so much, so many slides to go on today. And I have so many, you know, so many fun activities to do or so many activities to do today. And you could live under the weight of, I have all these things to do, or you could be like, oh my God, this is so cool that I woke woke up today and look at all what I, look at all I can do today. That's the kind of stuff I have to sort of like shift context in my head for. Yeah. So that I can relate to my lived experience. Like it's fun. Good. And I think that's even, we got to slow that down because first of all, you and I are highly um, highly trained, practiced, practiced yeah. right? Yeah. And done a lot of self-development, a lot of work on that. And, you know, clearly the, and it, so none of this is, none of what you just said is automatic for people. And it, if you, if you're not aware, if you're not present, if you don't practice it, what you wind up doing, I think, mo- a common pitfall, let's say it that way, is to pretend, mm-hmm. put a happy yeah. face on it, yeah, suck it up, buttercup, that kind of thing, you know, fake it till you make it like yeah. that. And while those things are, uh, you know, in particular occasions, particular contexts, I would say even maybe even useful. That's not what you're saying. Mm -mm. It's not a pretend. It's not a fake it till you make it. You actually took it apart Mm -hmm. until you did get to, okay, this is my choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And until you get to that moment of choosing, you're really are dealing with, you know, as, as I say, putting icing on a, on mud, Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, you doesn't make a cake. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just icing, hiding mud. So until you get that the mud Mm. isn't real, Mm. the mud isn't that that, the mud doesn't exist. Mm. Mm. I mean, there's mud. You could focus on it and have it be real and then go, okay, well, in the face of that reality that there's too much to do, I'm choosing to have fun. But that's not what you did. Yeah. And that's what a lot right. of, that's what you could hear this means. And we don't mean that. We don't yeah. mean, oh, well, in face of, I have too much to do, but I'll just be happy about it. That's right, the right. bullshit you got to avoid. That's what right. we were, you know. Right. That's it, good. right. It takes a moment to go, okay, now, wait a minute. Right. Is there really too much to do? Right. Where does the too much to do come from? Until that mud, that sh- shit falls yep. apart. And then you're like, okay. And, you know, so obviously, you know, you and I have a huge background with Landmark and that's, if you haven't done the forum, neither of us understand you, why are you waiting? It's now (laughs) online. So it's like, literally, you could just spend a weekend in your house and get this done. Um, 
Hmm. So there's that, but then there, and not, but, and um, it's funny. I have this here because I'm using it for something else, but conversations for actions and collected essays. Oh, uh-huh. I think you mentioned this before. Flores. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, he does this great work on managing moods, hmm. which is, you know, very much what we're talking about, but you, you know, like there's this world of despair as a mood, which is what I woke up into a little bit and maybe, you know, for you, but let's mm-hmm. see resentment panic is a mood right Mm -hmm. that you begin to recognize and then he's got the steps very cool book um to take that apart Mm -hmm. so that you're see unless you do the 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 self-work to take apart what you've already decided is real too much to do in this case or uh, i'm a fraud in my Mm -hmm. case and what i woke up into um and i'm Fucked. That's the yep. other thing. I'm a fraud and I'm fucked. I have both those. Yay. Yep. <laughs> Me. Right. But until you actually take those apart, there is no choosing to be happy, choosing to be at summer camp. Mm, right. Then you're just a fraud at, you know, but pretending to be at summer camp. And we don't mean that. So that's, and I think that's the work incumbent upon us as leaders, just to bring it back to what we do here. Um, you know, A, we got to do continually do that work ourselves. So there's nothing about leadership that means you don't wake up that way. Yeah. You, we wake up that way. I haven't woken up that particular way in a while, but obviously I do wake you up. Never that way. Like, you never know. You never know. I, and my wife said, did you go to bed that way? And I was like, no, I actually did not go to bed that way. I got triggered. I, I told you I got triggered by a Facebook post. And, oh, right. um, which had nothing to do with the post. It was my trigger. I got triggered. Yeah. And um, so then it's incumbent upon us to do that work. That's what leadership means. I mean, in a, in a very real way, you're, you yeah. know, doing the self work, doing the real work to keep yourself clear and available to make that difference. And mm. the mm. doubts you have about your ability to do that don't mean you can't do that. The doubts yeah. you have or what, you know, mm-hmm. you could begin to resolve those doubts for yourself is, mm-hmm. okay, well, what's real about that? You know, I really like that. Um, keep yourself clear and available. Like the, that there is a leadership. Isn't just the doing of the things that you're trying to lead. There's the, there's the doing of how you're being uh, as a leader, which is keeping yourself clear and available for the work for others, for circumstance that comes in. Like, you know, if you, if you're buried under, the mood or you're buried under the story that is causing you panic, anger, angst, whatever. It's very hard to show up and lead the change you want to lead because you'll be responding to or reacting to the the thing that's uncomfortable rather than having a presence of mind that allows you to um, maybe make a call or make a, make a decision that other, you otherwise wouldn't have been available to make because you were, you'd be reacting to, the mood yeah I, and and I, I think you could define leadership as you know you're leading in that way i, I i'm just left with the idea that i'm not committed to this because we're just talking about it but maybe yeah. um you know you're leading yourself out mm-hmm. of that dark place you're leading yeah. whatever right dark place yep. but you know you're leading yourself out from there which then allows you, I don't like even setting the example, but it's a little too narrow, but you are then, you are then what you're 
talking about because any inside any difference you're committed to making hmm. everyone you're leading everyone you're you know everyone in that conversation is grappling with that and if you are able to and willing to and it's really not able it's more willing yeah i, I think um to do that reframing work that you talked about to mm-hmm. do that work to move yourself out of that space and into an empowering space into a conversation where you can freely act a better mood is flora i don't know you should talk about better moods but a productive mood um you know that's what we're that's the that's the opportunity that we have to contribute the difference we want to make yeah yeah i think that's i think um i think that often gets overlooked in the conversation of leadership like if i go read a bunch of leadership books right now um it'd be harder to find that that chapter um, in all the leadership books, some are saying it's not out there, but it's just not, it's not focused on as much. Um, and I think that's, I think it's important because like you said, if, or like we've said in the past, if you're going to lead change, mm-hmm. if you're going to go where we haven't gone before, um, you're going to bump up against a lot of uncertainty. It may cause you to, your results may dip. Um, you, you may, Seth Godin's book, the dip, you may get stuck in a dip of this change and you, you'll be, you'll be brought to a place of, I've been brought to this place many times, a place of what am I doing? What the hell am I doing? I don't even know what I, I don't even know what I'm doing. And all you have to go on is this small, still voice or this inner knowing this thing. That's like, this can't be wrong. I don't know why I'm doing this, but it just keeps calling to me. It just keeps pulling me and it feels right. And there, and other than that, there's no evidence to support that what you're doing makes any sense. And if you're in that space, if you can't reframe what you're doing and come from an empowered context or find your agency to use your word, like to, if you can't find your agency in that moment. This is why change I think is slow to happen because this is the very, this is the, the, the wall that people bump up against. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's well said, Chris. I think that's, I mean, I know we spent a lot of time patting each other on the back. <laughs> Okay. I love everything you say, Aaron. Just, Chris, you're just brilliant. <laughs> uh, the me and me, the, the you and me. Wait, I see the, the there's a me and you, and you and me. So good. This is why we do this because we make each other feel smart. <laughs> my um, mood is so improving. <laughs> oh my god, so much more happy. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, I do think that that's, you know, what, what we're talking about is that, that you are, when you're leading, you know, you're out in front and of course you would be confused or disoriented or something could easily knock you off your bearings because there's nothing else out there. Yeah. You know, you're out on the uh, cutting edge. You're Mm -hmm. out, which is again, Mm -hmm. just one of those things people say that I hate, but it's, you know, you're out breaking snow right? You're, there's no one else out there with you. So it would be really easy to get disoriented or think you're doing it wrong. And um, yeah, Yeah. there's an opportunity to, you know, breathe, reframe. Um, To your point, like, I just think that's when um, you become really valuable as I, I often think of leadership as providing safe passage for others. You're not necessarily giving them answers, but you're, if others want to go where you are going, Mm-hmm. 
then, and I, I've gone up the, like a Sherpa gone up before you so that I've mapped the, the, the route, the, 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 I've mapped the route of reframing. How do you reframe? Well, I have reframed before. Let me share you what, let me share with you what I've done. Cause I can now see that you have some thing that you're respond that you're reacting to. So here's what I've done. And then you can kind of uh, reframe it for yourself. And I think that's really important as a leader to um, have that lived experience of being lost and feeling the mood and going, how do I get to what feels honest and empowering rather than masked and, you know, repressed? Because then we can be, now we can be real humans in a conversation for change rather than masked up humans who are trying to pretend like, we're out, you know, it's not like the, the intent to create change is, is not genuine, but how we're trying to create the change. If it's done from a masked, puffed, uh, gritty thing that was trying to compensate for something that feels insufficient. Then I think what happens is we, um, at, well, at some other we, we level, we either burn out or we don't inspire others to follow because they go, I don't, you know, this doesn't, there's something about it that feels unsafe maybe or so are you i just want to get clear about what you're talking about now so you talk is this you know you're talking about someone who's leading but not doing the work that we were just outlining someone's yeah i'm contrasting that with if you are if you are leading change you you see something you want to do uh in the world but you the way you're doing it is through grit and hustle without, and so you're you're steamrolling through the mood. You're not reframing the mood, so it continues to build, or you're just playing on. It's icing on mud. You're playing on top of, um, of it. You're you're going down all the slides at summer camp, but you're hating every minute of it because mm-hmm. you said, "God damn it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down every slide because that's what I said I would do." So I'm gonna do it, and so you you go do all the activities because you said you would, but you're just hating every minute of it. And then you say, hey, guys, let's go do the slides. Other pe- I don't know that other people are going to be like, hey, I want to go to slides with you because you just right. look like you're suffering through slides. Yeah. It's funny. Christine and I were talking about my partner, Christine, my business yeah. partner. Um, we're talking about she was at um, a uh, realtor panel, the icon panel for EXP. And when someone was asking how you succeed in your first couple of years in real estate and the one of the other agents was sharing was saying, um, you know, grind, you got to grind, you got to grind, you got to, you know, must have said grind 40 times, right? <laughs> grind, you got to grind, you got to grind. And Christine said, well, I, I you know, I don't necessarily, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, it could also be, you just got to keep yourself in the flow and keep yourself in the flow and keep yourself in the flow and that it doesn't need to be <laughs> a grind. And I think that's got a analog to what we're distinguishing here. Um, And where we started in this is that from grind to flow, what's the Mm -hmm. bridge, you know, because it's, I think it's uh, the default for us as human beings, the default is grind, is work. Now, I don't think everyone has a, a grind mode. Right. Like, yeah. we, you know, because now you talk about grind, you talk about like, 
you know, Kobe Bryant in the gym 16 hours a day. You talk about grinding in that way. Yeah. And clearly not everyone has that kind of grind like that. But we're talking about in this conversation, we're talking about grind like that's good. Everything we do is a hassle. Right. Everything we do is work. Everything we do is a problem. Done under the weight. Is a weight. Is yep. something I have to do. Yep. Like that. That kind of grind. Um, but to have it's interesting because now we're just the kind of grind. So there's that kind of grind. Like everything's a problem, right? Like there's that. And then there's the, you know, Kobe Bryant, Joe B- Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, John Coltrane ran scales eight hours a day. That kind of and there's and for excellence in the way that kobe and jordan and coltrane were excellent there is no way there except the eight hours of scales a day the eight hours free you know in the gym a day there's no you don't get excellent without that level of performance without that level of practice without that level of that Mm. kind of a grind Mm. Mm. right that consistent actual practice of something, the stupefying uh, nature of the stupefying boredom of repetitive action necessary to be excellent at anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is I don't think that's avoidable. I don't think that there's any world in which, you know, the greats became great without Mm. that. Yeah. I just don't think that I think we collapse those two things. I think that level of grind yeah. is collapsed with everything's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to you know, grind this out. I'm going to grind <laughs> it out. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think, you know, I yeah. I don't think Kobe looked at that like this is a problem. Now, there right. were definitely days where he woke up was like I don't want to and he's one of my favorite quotes from him was, um, you know, I don't negotiate with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I don't get up in the morning. And go, okay. Well, maybe 10 more minutes of sleep. I'm going to negotiate. And then I'll add 10 minutes later. I don't negotiate with myself. So there's to get to that level of yeah. that grind, the, the um, uh, aspirational <laughs> grind, yeah. right. Is does take a level of discipline and rigor and uh, commitment and accountability and yeah. like that to actually perform at that level to perform those mundane yeah repetitive yeah. tasks at that level that level of grind does require that but that's the discipline and the ref the the that's the kind of thing you can reframe too right. into right, right? Um, that's a, yeah there's a lot there. Well, I just, I think too, part of that is if you don't have a vision for what your life is for, if you don't right. like Kobe, had, that was super clear for Kobe. He, right. I, you know, he was all in on what it was for him. I think there's people um, in real estate, successful people in real estate who thought it was, they what they thought the vision was, was to be, you know, a mega agent, an icon agent or whatever agent. And I think if you're in this conversation where your soul is inviting you to something beyond GCI, then there is an entirely new context to search for and find that would pull you into flow where your decision to, to grind, if that's the, the, the word you want to use, is not a problem for you because the, the vision you have for your life is compelling enough that you don't negotiate with yourself. You're like, this right. is what my life is for. This is what I'm doing. 
But yeah. in the absence of that context, in the absence of a vision that's compelling, then there is, I don't know any other way you could experience grind other than a chore and a hassle and icing on mud. Like it would just be, I got to hustle. I got to grind. It's really good, Chris. It's right. It's right. It's the, it's the, it's the um, presence of a future, <laughs> right? The pre- Which goes back to the first thing I said is, uh, you know, what has this occur for me is a threat or imposter syndrome or whatever, or for you is overwhelm is the future yeah. that we've got. If what we've right. created in the future is big enough, we can go, right. oh, wait a minute. I just lost, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. of course I would get triggered by that because I'm not doing what, the, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I could be doing, maybe I should, you know, like right. all that kind of thing. Yeah. I could sort myself out. Oh, of course yeah. I'd feel overwhelmed. I haven't actually taken the time to put in my calendar Yep. the opportunities and the occasions to do the work that I know need yep. to do. Cause it's now just weighing on me. Like, yep. you know, I don't have an occasion to put away my laundry. I'm sitting here. I have laundry right next to me. You do. Um, oh yeah. That's really funny. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just did my, you know, but I don't have an occasion to do that. And, yep. and yep. it's funny. The other thing Christine and I were talking about is um, uh, creating like a checklist, you know, like, a cheat sheet for getting in the flow, mm-hmm. right? Which I certainly would, she would likely, and you probably would too, relate to as something of an integrity checklist. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's sort of a specialized term that if you right. use it in general public, it would occur as odd. Um, but that's what we're talking about is a, is a you know, like, okay, is your office clean? Mm-hmm. You know, what, not even is your office clean, what parts of your living and work environment are not impeccable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because those things are going to, in a very real way, but also esoterically, but in a real way, block the flow because it's on your mind as something you need to do and handle. Mm-hmm. And it's, you just don't have an infinite amount of bandwidth. Yeah. And that's using yeah. some bandwidth. If that were impeccable, right? And so these things that you need to do, whatever, mm-hmm. build a website, whatever. If that lived for you is next Tuesday from three to seven, mm-hmm. I'm building that website, you would be completely available between now and next Tuesday because mm-hmm. that would no longer be on, on your mind. It would be actually handled in the future, three to seven on Tuesday. Mm. And it requires the discipline and the rigor that at three o'clock on Tuesday, you get to work on it <laughs> right. and you complete it by seven yeah. or you make a new occasion. But that kind of work is part of that world of yeah. uh, what it takes to stay clear and available right. Right. for the difference you want to make. And if you're not tending to those little things, like, you yeah. know, the next thing I'm doing after yeah. this podcast is I already told my wife that one of the things I'm doing this morning is uh, cleaning the bathroom. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, we have separate bathrooms. And she's like, your bathroom is disgusting which okay just just to be clear my bathroom is no more disgusting than hers i am not gonna own that one but okay <laughs> it's you on know, the record it's on the record right? on i don't record. want any y'all right um but yeah i will clean it nonetheless because you know i get it it's it could be cleaned and it's certainly there as a, as a friction point yeah, and yeah. we're gonna and then i'm obviously putting away my laundry um <laughs> 
but you know, getting those that that kind of getting out of the way. Yeah. The right. Uh, um, what do you call it on an airplane? Uh, uh, you know, when breaks up the wind. Um, any sort of resistance, right, mm-hmm. to your yeah. being available, mm-hmm. right? Any little thing in there, right? And the cleaner you get your life, the cleaner it needs to stay. You know, you put a dirty spoon in a full sink and it doesn't show up as anything. It doesn't freaking matter. You could put a dirty spoon in a sink that's full of dishes. No one's going to notice, but if that sink is empty and you put one spoon in it, it shows up. Right. So if, as you develop your leadership, it would be uh, expected Hmm. that smaller and smaller things throw you off. Yeah. Yeah. You know? just you could count on it because you're moving faster and faster. And so one little piece of resistance veers you off because you're no longer, you can't tolerate those things or you slow down. It either throws you off or it slows you down into the point where you're like, wow, I'm not moving anymore. What happened? And then you notice you have all these dishes, you got a bathroom, you got laundry, you got a dentist appointment. You didn't make a dog needs to be there. All these things you've been putting off. I see that. I, I also think that there's a uh, if 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 you, the the eight hours a day you put into something is the ability to reframe things, reframing, you know, a spoon in the sink, so it doesn't create a rift in your flow. Uh, there are some. I mean, it's not. A, this is sort of the opposite of what you're saying, and I'm not trying to. Yeah, let's fight. Trying to pick like a fight it. with you about we. I felt oh, like come we on. had a good fight. Chat GPT Chat fight was good. <laughs> but the the. Uh, the uh, I feel like I'm just thinking from my own experience. Like I think I've um, tried to, as I've gotten, as I've been practicing this, right. This in life over years of reframing things, I've started to pick and choose what things will get my time and the rest mm-hmm. flush it. Cause I'm not, I'm not interested. Right. Like it, I'm not going to allow that to um, interfere with the flow that I'm in. And so, yeah, good. Well, I think that's also, I, you know, look, if you're saying, but, okay, good. So let's just go back to the spoon in the sink as a metaphor. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Either you're doing that, either you're cleaning out the sink. Jenny's going to clean out the sink. We know your kids are not cleaning out the sink. Um, or you're going to hire someone to clean out the sink, but to say I'm going to get a new house and not deal with that sink doesn't make any sense. There's, in other words, yeah, you can say I'm not going to have that slow me down all you want, but if that thing does in fact need to get handled for your functioning yeah. in life, yeah. you're going to need to find a place to put it to handle it. Yeah. Now you could say, look, I don't do the dishes until 6 p.m. and then I do all the dishes, and so the sink doesn't bother me until 6 p.m. I'm not going to do anything about it during the day. I'm not breaking it up. I'm not, you know, like I don't yeah, answer yeah. my emails. Uh, you know, someone calls me during, during lead gen. I don't take their call because I don't do that. Um, so it's, there's a level at which we're, uh, we're uh, obviously on the same page. We're not yeah. arguing yeah. about it, anything, but if you, and then there are things that you're going to say, you know what, that I'm never going to do that. Yeah. I'm never going to do that thing. Whatever that thing, I'm never going to read that book. Right. I'm never going to read yeah. that book. It's not on my list of things I'm ever going to do. Yeah. And then you could, you know, have, you know, one of the practices of a, a time 
uh, effectiveness program called Mission Control has is you make a list of things you're never going to do. So mm. every time something comes up that you're never going to do, mm. you just put it on that list. So it it doesn't actually come back into your head, into your space mm. as something that you're ever going to do. I'm never going to read Moby Dick. I am personally never going to read Moby Dick. <laughs> and occasionally yeah. it comes up like, oh, I should read Moby Dick because whatever, why ever anyone would think they should read it. Um, but I'm never going to. Yeah, I'm never really reading Ulysses again. You know, whatever, you know, I'm never going to see Titanic. I don't have it on my list of things to do. Um, So there are things that, but like you just said, there are things that you are never going to bother you and you're going to acknowledge that that's never going to happen. Like I'm never going to change my own oil. I'm just not going to change my own oil. So I don't, I don't worry about it. Right. I pay someone else to change my oil. Um, But you can't just say, I'm never going to have my oil changed. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, uh, you know, what's great about this is like, that's where I think imposter syndrome can come in. Like if you see everybody else changing their oil and you think, dude, I suck as a man. Like I, as a man, I should just know how to change my oil. Like I I'm, I feel like I checked, I, yeah, I gave, I had to um, uh, release my man card because I, I can't, like, I, I know where to put gas in the car. And, and I know how to check the oil and that's about it. Like, you know, I don't, and, and if you grow up in a, in a culture that puts manhood in a particular context on a pedestal, that says, this is what you, if you're a man, this is what you would know how to do to be a man. Right. Then, then you would spend a lot of time feeling like an imposter. I'm not a real man. I'm not a real man. I'm a fake man. I'm a weak man. I'm a soft man. I'm a feminine man. I'm a, and so you'd have all these things that would say, what is it? A beta. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not an alpha. I'm a beta. Damn it. I'm a, yeah. All these things that are super emasculating and um, make you feel less than you really are. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm just trying to bring it back to like the, the imposter thing. Like, yeah, this, the whole thing is reframing. I mean, I, that's what I love about this. If you say like, okay, that spoon in the, fr- in the sink, change my oil. If I can just figure out how to reframe. So I find my power, I find my North star right. and can get in flow. Then I, I hustle. I think, I think somebody from the outside looking in at what I do would say, I, I hustle. I grind. I just don't choose to use those words because they don't put me in flow. Great. I, so much here, right? There's so many different ways to take that, yeah. to different things and no definitive. This is the way to do it. You know, that, um, you know, for sure, the cultural, uh, the weight of the cultural expectations mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. you know, what it looks like, or even, you know, if you just go back to, you know, what triggered me this morning about that post that had me get into imposter syndrome was like, wow, I, you know, I'm not posting that much. I'm not posting this kind of content. I got to get on it. You yeah. know, how did he do that? Who's he got managing is like all the different things. And then <laughs> yeah. I got, well, I don't really have anything to offer all that stuff really there's a lot of that that comes from those um uh unexamined expectations which goes mm-hmm. there's a whole thread here that goes into the lamborghini leaning world yeah. right there's a, right. definitely a thread right. of that and what social media has told us is expected of us mm-hmm. and the force field of gci units is 
comes into this conversation like, well, I've never sold a hundred houses in a year. So why would anyone listen to me? I got to listen to the guy that sold a hundred houses in a year. That's a, that's someone who's a baller. They know what they're doing. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, but really, you know, right. and, and, and I've thought that th- actually, I've thought that much through and I'm like, you know, I, this, I think this is exactly to your point. I am not going to do what it takes to sell a hundred houses a year. Yep. I'm just not willing to. It's not that I couldn't train someone to do it. It's not that someone should be or shouldn't be willing to do it or anything like that, but I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. going to do that. Yeah. I'm just not. It's not something that. I, Put it you on know, your not to do list. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not, you know, now I would, what I sell, if I could sell a hundred hours a year and do, you know, and not do that level of work. Yeah. Sure. I don't have a problem with making the money or doing that, but I don't want to, you know, put that yep. much time in lead gen, frankly. And that's really yep. what it takes is yep. I know that you would need to do lead gen eight to 10 hours a day for a year, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, the next year you'd sell a hundred houses, something like that. It's mm-hmm. pretty much the way that math would work. Um, so, but that's fine, but that's what you're talking about. Like, so I don't have a, a um, that's what you're talking about, right? Like those are things I'm not not going to do, but the cultural expectation that if you're going to be yeah. someone's real estate coach, you need to have done 500 deals that year, you know, right, right, like, right. okay, yep. I'm, I don't, I'm not. And the math for that is pretty clear of how you get there. And I could coach anyone to get there. I'm just not willing to do that level of work and just not just well, not I think, going. I think until you, I mean, it just comes back to the, you have to have an identity that is your own. Until you have that, until you say, this is the, the future I'm living into. This is the, the, the life, the legacy I want to leave. This is what I'm doing. It, without that, right? Um, all there is to do is compare to what everybody else is doing. Because in some, there, I think part of the role that comparison serves is you're trying, you're exploring contrast to try to find what feels congruent for you. You're oh, like, well, really is it that? Wow. Or is it that? Or maybe it's that. And, but in, in every time you, you go down that rabbit, tro- that rabbit hole a little bit, you follow the breadcrumbs up and you go, okay, well, I'll try it. And you try it and you go, that's not it. And you make, you might choose to stay there because of the cultural expectations or the imposter syndrome that says, Oh, I'm going to figure this out. But I, well, I think what I found is for me is when I just started to tune in, instead of look out, I started to tune in to what does Chris want to do? Mm-hmm. What is, what, what makes Chris come alive? What is, and then the whole thing of imagination with focused into vision is what do I, what would I want to create at summer camp? What would be really fun for me at summer camp? Like all the kids are doing slides, but I want to do leather work in the old wood shop. You know, I want to go, I want to go pound some leather. Like there's some stuff about, (laughs) maybe that's, all right, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's recorded. Not going to edit that shit out. Yeah, that's a clip. For sure. But, <laughs> but if that's what's fun for me, damn it, then, yeah. then that's, but you got to totally. decide that. You got to decide that. Right. Well, this, so, oh my God, you're going to love this. I didn't even tell you this, Chris. This is so funny because I was teaching a, a a class to, I was teaching a clock hour class um, and the two women that showed up, the class was supposed to be your first 24 months in real estate. That's the class. Mm. And these two women showed up, had been to my class before and they were the only two women that showed up at the class and they they've been in business for 12 months now. So they, um, 
you know, it wasn't going to make any difference for them really to go through the details of how to write a contract and that kind of stuff. So we started talking about what they wanted to learn and we went down a little rabbit hole and we went through the leads you love blueprint. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, we got your website up and we went through the whole process. And then we used, you're going to love this. We used ChatGPT to write the description <laughs> of their podcast and it would blow your mind. They wanted, these are two women that want to make a difference for moms. They're both nice. mothers of young kids and they have, they riff on each other and they're really funny and awesome. really sweet and really like these ladies. And, um, they were, you know, they were using, we were, I was showing them how to use chat GPT. Cause that's really one of the things I do now is try and apply that to a lot of stuff coming up with titles for it. And then they just gave a little bit of a description and gave them the whole description of what it is. And they wound up with a whole business plan and a whole world around leads you love, which is really sort of where, where your logic would go to in terms of real estate. Yeah. Um, your philosophy yeah. would would leave you like, what's the slide I want to go down? I don't want to go down slides. I don't want to do door knocking. <laughs> I don't want to do open houses. I want to do events. Great. You should freaking rock events. Yeah. That should be your deal, you know? Um, so there's there's that level. And and then in leadership or you know, what we're talking about here, you also then free other people up to be their self-expressed, yeah. you know, in the world. And you know, so what is your expression of leadership? You know, bring it back to this podcast and what we're doing here. What is your expression of leadership? What's the community you're out to make a difference with? What's your legacy look like? There is no right legacy. You don't have to, you know, feed right. the kids in sub-Sahara. It's not necessary that you have any one particular legacy that you want to leave. Yeah, right. You get to choose yourself. And, and it should, and, and there's a process. I mean, um, you and I have talked about uh, creating a, a, a workshop repurpose or repurpose the workshop. And um, which I think we should probably postpone. Cause it's like at this time, it's like next week, right. but, but so those of you listening, like stay tuned for when that is. But I, right. I think part of um, that work is, is figuring out and inviting your imagination to, to conjure a world. Yeah. That you would, that you feel compelled to explore and you don't have to have the answer, but you will at least be able to say that it's yours. And when you can say it's yours, then imposter syndrome doesn't show up because you're, it's yours. You're not trying to compare it to anybody else. And when you finally get that, you're like, this is mine. Nobody else has this thing. This is my thing. Right. And you're not comparing yourself anymore. Well, or you wake up like I did. And you notice that you're comparing yourself and you go, oh, yeah, right. That's because the default is always going to be to compare. You're not ever getting out of the human element of comparing at the effect of life kind of vibe that human beings are. But you can more quickly, like you pointed to, reframe it, like reorganize. Like, oh, yeah, that's what he's doing. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, That's what they're saying. This is what I'm saying. Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly. I would uh, probably end. Uh, we'll probably if this feels like a good transition to yeah. uh, a bow here, tied off with a bow with um, the idea that um, people who have a heart for change, people who want to leave a legacy, would try to sift and sort through these kinds of conversations on their own or in their journal. It is really hard. It'd be really hard to do that. Yeah, to have 
this kind of a support and scaffolding around those conversations to have a high-minded exchange of other people who are asking these questions and and learning and practicing reframing and and talking about their vision and their legacy is so much easier with other people. And that's what, uh, again, it's, uh, this my pivot to an invite, but if you're, you know, if you're that kind of an agent, listening to this, it, this is the kind of community that Aaron and I are building with repurpose, right? You know, there's just, yeah, and if you want more information, shoot us a message. And when we get enough interest, we will figure out okay. when to roll this out. You know? Yeah. But that's really what this is. We're really just beginning this and, yeah, we'd love to invite you to be a founding member. That's right. <laughs> you know, of the community, really. If this yeah. resonates with you and you want to engage in this on a committed, regular basis, and without a particular, you know, knowing there's no particular endpoint, but it's really is the inquiry. Yep. You know, the journey is the purpose. Um, we'd love to have you. We'd love to share this with people. Yeah, exactly. So good. to quote Margaret Mead as an ending here, you know, never underestimate a small group of citizens to change the world. It's the only thing it ever has. In fact, it's the only thing it ever has. So good. Awesome. Aaron. Thanks for All right, man. Next week. conversation today.